This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you need. What's happening, people? It is Bet and Breakfast on a Thursday morning. The Thursday crew is here all decked in blue today. Although I, I can't tell, is, is, that a, is that a blue sweatshirt, blue hoodie, in, or is that a gray? No, it's blue. It's blue. All right. We're feeling blue today, Ben. We are feeling blue. Blue, blue, abadi, abadai, whatever bad other blue <laughs> references you want to throw into the mix, uh, we'll take it. Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Donovan Smoots, the Thursday crew is here. Fellas, we got some basketball back tonight. We'll go through our favorite bold predictions for the Sweet 16 coming up in just a few short minutes. We will also take a look at the current state of the NFL. I think a certain team is maybe getting a little too much value considering their current state. So I'm curious to get their thoughts on that as well. Of course, our best bets for uh, Thursday night as well. But we we have to start with what we've been talking about for what feels like the last, oh, nine, ten days or so, right? It's been a nice subject of conversation, certainly around uh, around work, both at the office and, and then once we've gone back. Um, and, and that is the Arkansas Razorbacks, two wins away from a Final Four. Um, this is a bit of a sensitive subject for one Ian McMillan, as that also means that two more wins for Arkansas um, could potentially mean a Razorback tattoo. In case you missed it, that was the conversation that we had on Best Bets last week. Not a fan of one Arkansas. So before I get Ian's current state, as to whether or not this tattoo is starting to creep in a little bit. Like, Donovan, are, are you looking at this matchup tonight between Arkansas and Gonzaga? Are you watching it in an entirely different perspective? Like, forget the fact that Gonzaga's nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Are you just believing and trying to will Arkansas to a victory, knowing that it's just one more away uh, from a permanent fandom on one Ian McMillan? I'm actually going to be a little I'm I'm not going to be fun. I'm on Ian's side on this one. I don't want to see Ian get a get a get a tattoo. So we're actually rooting for Gonzaga. Uh, but I am I am watching it with a different eye cuz I don't have a tattoo on the line. So I'm I'm chilling. How you feeling today, Ian? Feeling great. Go Zags. Okay. Go Zags. All right. So for anybody that missed Monday's show, um you know, Donovan also, you know, I, I appreciated that. Uh, giving a little bit of, of opportunity to for compassion, right? Uh, and and I wanted to present that to you as well. So on Monday's show, I said you can you can get out of the tattoo, um, but you got to do something else that has a level of permanence to it with Arkansas, and that is you have to come up 
write a parody song that is showcasing your love and affection for the University of Arkansas Razorbacks. We put some production value on it, put it on YouTube, and forever you will be known as the guy that wrote the Arkansas Razorbacks parody song, confessing your love for Eric Musselman in that program. Now, still some permanence attached to it, but it's not at the level of a tattoo. So we gave you that offer on Monday. Initially, you rejected the offer, but I said you can, you can come back to it. So now I propose this to you. Ian McMillan, are you willing to accept this offer to get yourself out of a tattoo? I will not accept the offer. To be honest, man, come on. Let's Creating go. a parody song? That might be that might that might, that might be just as bad as a tattoo. No, I will I will not accept your offer. Yes, Arkansas is two wins away. They're halfway there, but now they have to take on Gonzaga. And then if they happen to beat the, the number one overall seed, they're going to face Duke or Texas Tech. They are not getting past this weekend. They just got, they barely got past Vermont and New Mexico State. They're not winning two games this weekend. And I'm a man of my word. I, I might have opened my mouth a little too, a little too quickly to put that big of a bet on the line with really, a, there's no benefit if I win at all. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll stand by it. Arkansas okay. makes the final four. I will get a hog tattoo. Okay, I think I'm gonna get it on that. top of my foot. I think I think I've decided where I'm gonna get it right on top of my left foot. I respect that. I respect that. Now, Ben, what you have to do is throughout the day, you just have to keep giving Ian scenarios so that he can keep doing the deal no deal. <laughs> and like every every two every two hours, you have to be like, okay, well, you can do this, and then Ian has to come out and be like, no deal. And have a little, <laughs> have a little thing. First of all, that's a, that's actually a great idea. The the problem is that I I thought I came up with like the ultimate scenario of like okay, like if there's going to be something permanent attached to it, this would would be it. Like for me personally, give give me the parody song every time. Like I've I've made a fool out of myself doing parody songs, but at least you can hum along with it and know that you can laugh at it later. Like. Ian, if you're if you're gonna be at the beach this summer, like, will you be able to laugh at a Razorback on your left foot? Like, I don't know the answer. That might just be for you. Maybe it's a, a something you look back on finally later on. I I don't know. Yeah, thankfully I'm not much of a beach guy, so it's not really gonna be a huge issue. <laughs> Maybe one day a year I might have to deal with it being shown in public, but uh, it's not gonna happen anyways, man. I'm confident. Hey, right. Come on, they're not gonna be Gonzaga. They're nine-point underdogs. I'll, I'll be clear of this bet tonight, all. and I'll, I'll wake up tomorrow feeling good, feeling happy, feeling relieved. Uh, they're, they're not beating the Zags. Okay. I, I, listen, I, I don't think they're beating Gonzaga either, both from my own personal bracket as well as our team's perfect second-chance bracket, right? Like, we have Gonzaga going down in the championship game to – what is it? How do you, how do, you do the, 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 the Cougs thing? Right here. Oh, ring finger and thumb. Yeah, ring finger. Go, yeah, go Cougs. Go Cougs. Cougs are winning it all. Still available, <laughs> I believe, at twelve to one over at WinBet to win the national championship. Uh, so that actually is is a good opportunity for for us to to start today's show by taking a look at all these different Sweet Sixteen matchups, and and they are fairly fairly compelling. Starting with today's slate, um, you have that initial game, right? Uh, number four Arkansas, number one Gonzaga. Zags are nine and a half point favorites, total of 155. Uh, a little bit later on, it's Michigan and Villanova. Wildcats, five point favorites in that one. 
late games tonight. Texas Tech, uh, Duke, fascinating 3-2 matchup. You have the Blue Devils as one-point underdogs as the, despite having the, the lower-numbered seed, total of 137. And then Houston, Arizona, another fascinating match. Like the, the games, I would say today, um, completely trump um friday's matchup right like we're if you're going to watch sweet 16 action it's it's going to be today right yeah yeah it has to be i mean like you look at friday uh, friday's matchup one of them is saint peter's i mean everyone kind of knows what the outcome of that game gonna be is gonna be and then iowa state miami's an 11 versus 10 so uh yeah tonight's matchups are by far better than tomorrow's matchups although unc and ucla's tomorrow that's gonna be a pretty fun game but uh tonight's a great slate a great slate tonight it'll be a really fun game like before we dive into some some fairly bold predictions uh because i was looking through our list and, I, and everybody uh, has something that i think is going to catch uh, all of our listeners eyes um is, is there one particular matchup that you are most excited for donovan uh i there's, there's a couple I don't, I don't know like we were talking today's really really great i I think tomorrow, waiting for UNC, UCLA, I think that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, and so and we can get right into the the bold predictions for it. And I'll, I'll give mine. But yeah, I think that – yeah, I think North Carolina is going to win this very convincingly. I think North, North Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. I think they win this by double digits. Um, and so I don't think – Panic mania. Exactly. I don't think it, it's particularly close um, – and I don't know if it's a bold prediction for us because we had North Carolina in the final four in our right. perfect in, in our perfect second chance bracket. But if you're just talking about, you know, picking an alternate spread, an alternate line, I would I would, you know, very heavily consider putting a lot or not a lot, but putting some somebody on North Carolina to win this by double digits. I think when you think about the way that they're defending right now, you think about the way that they're shooting. Manic is manic mania is real. Um, RJ RJ Davis last, you know, last uh, last game against Baylor was on fire. I think that UNC right now is in the perfect situation to come in and shock UCLA, and they are they are and they feel like that perfect combination of a team that gets hot, but also their blue blood who has some experience in the tournament and just has this mystique of being North Carolina. And I think that works out very, very heavily in their favor. I'm, I'm glad you brought up their defense for a second because we talked about that on, on Tuesday's video a little bit. Like everybody has, has given UCLA their praise for being a, a really solid defensive team and they're top 20 in both offense and defense in Kempon this year, one of, I think, four or five different teams that rank in that mix. But the last five games, uh, this is something that I brought up on Tuesday. Their defensive rating is 104.2. That's 39th percentile in college basketball versus North Carolina, who hadn't really figured it out until later. Like you said, Donovan, they're in the 89th percentile in defensive rating right now. They're also in the 91st percentile in offensive rating. UCLA's offense has been better. They're in the 95th percentile in offensive rating. But I, I think if you're going into this game thinking that it's only going to be, uh, you know, North Carolina is going to be slowed down by UCLA – Last five games is not an indication that they're playing good defense right now. So I'm I'm with you. I like North Carolina in this game, uh, and I think you do as well. Yeah, I uh, yeah I like UNC. Uh, finally, starting to play good defense. They're a talented team. Manic Mania, Brady Mannix, my might be my favorite player in the country right now. It's going to intimidate them with his scraggly little beard. Uh, yeah, I like UNC a lot. 
All right. What about from a bull prediction side, from from uh, from Donovan's perspective, double digit win for the Tar Heels over UCLA. Uh, give me something bold to be able to uh, to back on tonight. I don't know how bold this prediction is, um, but it's it's going to be Coach K's career is going to have a disgraceful end tonight because uh, people. Uh, this might be his last game if he loses Texas Tech. Uh, I forget what game it was. I was watching in the first or second round. I think it might have been USC and Miami, um, but there there was some game and it was a one point game, and the feed kept cutting to Coach K walking into the building. Who who cares about this guy anymore? It's it's enough with Coach K, and we know time after time he's not exactly the best loser in the world. That was shown when he lost to UNC in his last regular season home game there. Very um, funny. <laughs> yeah, so if he loses tonight, he's not. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to gracefully lose. He, he, who knows? Maybe he'll fall on the court because he has back spasms or something. I don't know. He, it, it's 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 going to get ugly if he loses, especially if he loses big. So uh, my bold prediction is that Coach K is going to have an ugly, disgraceful end to his career tonight. That that would be fascinating. Like all of a sudden, like they're down by twenty, and then the narrative shifts because Coach K all of a sudden collapses on the court with back spasms, and they have to like bring out like a stretcher to like get him back off. Yes, you're right. That would that would be a disgraceful way to end a college career. That that is a bold prediction. Not just them losing to Texas Tech, but him going out in spectacularly awful fashion. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to blame the loss on like the assistant coach, or, or find a way so does the loss doesn't go on his official record and it goes on on one of the other coaches. He, he's he's gonna some some excuse he's gonna pull out tonight when he loses. I I, I never wanted I never wanted John to to take over. I was never <laughs> ready to leave. Yeah, <laughs> awful coach K for spur of the yeah, moment coach K impression but uh you know I, I love I love Duke I, I love it <laughs> and, and, and you gotta go like the mm, mm, like yeah. that that's sort of you gotta like get like the, your, uh, what is he e40 like <laughs> the the uh. Duke, you know we're, we're Duke we play we play a certain way all right I've gone ahead and, and just completely ruined it based based off of that terrible impression. I'll work on it. I I think I think there could be something there, but, yeah, but certainly it has potential. It has potential. Yeah, it's like it's like the the, the Saint Peter's of, of of impressions. Like you know, at one point like you know, very very low budget, nobody was talking about them. Maybe a couple of years from now, uh, you know, that impression can can make for under the Sweet Sixteen. I. I think, and I'm actually going to talk about a game on Friday as far as a bold prediction goes. Like Everybody has talked about how Providence has been one of the luckiest teams in America. And, you know, to their credit, they have found consistent ways time and time again. They won the Big East. They have been in a lot of close games, one of the best, you know, single possession winning teams in the country. They have rallied at opportune times to win a lot of close games and they've been rewarded for it. But at some point you're going to play a really good team. And that time is coming to uh, on Friday against the Kansas Jayhawks. Like we keep waiting for the variance to come for, for Providence, like first two rounds. Um, Providence is potentially on upset alert. You know, how lucky can they remain for, you know, every single round of the tournament. I was looking at the times that Providence has lost this season. They've lost five times. Every game other than the two in-conference games to Villanova. And Villanova will will win a lot of close games. They'll, they'll lose some close games just because of how slow they play. Really efficient offense and defense, but just very slow. 
the all three games that Providence had lost this year, not to Villanova, have been by an average of 25.7 points. Basically, when they regress to the mean, they lose in spectacular fashion. And I see this coming against Kansas, a well-rested Jayhawks team that's been one of the more efficient offenses in the country. Uh, they've started to improve on the defensive side of the ball. They can guard you inside. McCormick's been a nice rim protector for them. Oche is one of the best players in the country. Christian Brown can spread the court. Like, it's just not a good matchup, I don't think, for Providence, especially if Kansas gets hot early. And they've had some games this year. I think about the game against Kansas State, uh, which kind of plays a similar style, I think, to Providence, where they just – Kansas State couldn't stop anybody. And, like, that game got to 100 for Kansas very quickly. If KU pushes pace, uh, which is not what Providence likes to do, and they make their shots early – the Friars are completely toast in this game. Spread a seven and a half. I, I think they win by double that, if not more. And there's a consistency there. Like when things do not work out well for Providence, it goes bad and it goes bad fast. So curious to get your guys' thoughts on that matchup. Like, are, am I am I over? Am I doubting Providence too much, or do we think like at some point variance is just going to rear its ugly head here? I, I don't I know, think- man. I. I, I think you, I think, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I think you should be a little careful because I bet against Providence for the first time all season uh, uh, against Richmond, and my DMs were filled with uh, Providence fans uh, saying very mean things. So be careful what you say, Ben. You might get some passionate Providence fans coming after you. I, I, I don't think you're, you're too crazy. I think, like, it's, I think one of the more frustrating things in sports in general is knowing that a team isn't good. And watching them just like continue to just like find a way, and so like, but eventually, like they're they're gonna come crashing down. So I think, I, I think like, I mean, listen, your take has has merit behind it. So I'll I'll back I'll back you though. You know what? To, to Donovan's point, like it, we're not just coming out saying Providence sucks, and I don't like them. Like I like Providence. I really like Ed okay. Cooler. Like that is a rootable dude. Like. <laughs> Al Durham, former Indiana Hoosier, like one of the more clutch players in the country this year. I, I just think collectively at some point you have like you, you make a deal with the devil and at some point you, you have to pay him back. I, I worry that this is that with this is that payback time here. And in Kansas, especially like Bill Self teams also tend to to uh, struggle on the, the second game of the weekend. That's usually what I think the last five tournaments is, is when they've gone out and I have to double check that stat. So I apologize if that is incorrect, but um, you know, certainly they've had some elite eight losses, second round of the tournament, um, you know, with enough time and with enough rest, it just feels like it sets up very poorly for Providence. Uh, and so part of the reason that I'm going to be back in Kansas, even at, uh, at seven and a half, uh, those Providence games can tend to get out of hand fast if they're not making shots. Uh, and when everything starts to regress a little bit. So those are our bold predictions for the Sweet 16. Before we dive into best bets for tonight, I do want to talk to you guys about the current state of futures in the NFL because we've had a lot of movement, and obviously we had a massive trade on Wednesday that saw Tyreek Hill go from Kansas City to the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins give up, I think, what, six draft picks for this year to next year. Tyreek Hill, regardless of whether you think he is the best wide receiver in the NFL, I think we can all agree that he's the most game-changing wide receiver in the NFL. I think about that game against Buffalo where they just traded points in like the, the final two minutes and that slant to Tyreek Hill and he just ran away from everybody and it wasn't even close. There is no other wide receiver in the NFL that can do that. Now he's not going to be that guy. He's not going to be seven and 200 every game, but 
now he goes to Miami. That team's got a lot of weapons now. Um, defensively, like they can actually start to improve a little bit. Uh, their corner play second half of the season was much better. Like, but I, I'm looking at the Chiefs at Wimbet right now, and they're behind the Bills. They're tied with the Rams. Uh, they're tied with the 49ers when it comes to their futures prices at 10 to one. Like I, I just don't see it right now for Kansas city, especially in a very crowded um, AFC and AFC West. You have the Buffalo bills at plus 700 Kansas city Rams, Tampa Bay, all at 10 to one. I'm starting to think that the chiefs may not be in this window anymore amongst the top tier teams in the NFL. Am I starting to undervalue them at all? Are they still very much a Super Bowl contender this year? Hell no, they're not. They're no, they're I don't I don't I don't I don't think so. Like you you go and you look at what the Chiefs had to endure to get to the AFC championship game last year, and their defense still has major questions. And if you're not gonna give Patrick Mahomes an abundance of offensive weapons to to compensate for the defense there's gonna listen this season's gonna look very very different for kansas city and i'm i'm very curious to see what they do you know how they replace him they're they're obviously they're gonna get a wide receiver in the draft that might make you know one more signing i think they should go out and try to get will fuller get it you know try to get another speed guy uh in there but I, I'm with you, Ben. I don't see it right now in terms of the Chiefs having really any value. They're in the hardest division in the NFL now. And it's just it's just weird. There's too many question marks. I don't see it. Uh, yeah, I couldn't have said it any better than my, uh, myself, Donovan. Everyone's focusing on the Chiefs and, and their offense with Tyreek Hill. But, I mean, it comes down to their defense because the defense stunk last year so. Are they doing anything to improve their defense? I haven't seen anything. Maybe they're making moves that uh, I haven't noticed, but unless they sharpen up that defense, Patrick Mahomes can't, in that offense, can't score 50 points a game like they have to sometimes in order to win. So, uh, no, I'm concerned with their defense. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah, and you'll you'll see also if if Mahomes gets into – if Mahomes – gets into a state where he feels like he has to do everything himself, you're, pro- you're probably going to see a repeat of two things. Of one, the beginning of last season, where he's throwing two, three interceptions every game because he feels like he has to force it to make a play. Or you're going to see what you saw in the AFC Championship game in the second half, where he's just running around always looking for the big play. And that's that's going to trip them up 100%. Like, that that's... I can I can definitely see that being an issue this year. My 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 good buddy Carrington Harrison, uh, who does afternoon drive in, in Kansas City, we're we're both in agreement here. Um, and and he was it was interesting. I was listening to a little bit of his show uh, over on Six Ten in Kansas City, and they were talking about how the Devonte Adams trade or the, the, the Devonte Adams deal completely changed where this whole aspect was going because they had agreed in terms, I believe, to an extension. And then Adams got quarterback money and everything drastically changed after that. Like he had played on team friendly deals the first part of his career and he was done playing with it. Um, and then Kansas city did right by him, moved on from him. But I, even if they let's say they sign Odell Beckham uh, or you mentioned Will Fuller. Um, they, they brought it. They, they talked about 
Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like, oh, well, that's going to replace Tyreek Hill. They're both fast. Like, get, get out of here with that nonsense. Like, it, you can you can have a scheme and arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, but that is a substantial loss on a team, like you guys said, still has a lot of holes. Like, if we're talking and trying to handicap the actual best teams in the AFC, to me, it's kind of, it, it's, it's Buffalo, and then there's that whole other tier with Kansas City. Um, you know, I suppose maybe Cleveland gets consideration now um, with Deshaun Watson. The Chargers, I think, deserve to be in that mix. The Broncos aren't there yet. Um, and, and I still really like Indianapolis. Like, I, I think that's going to be a very solid team with probably the easiest path of all teams in the AFC to get to the postseason. Like, where do we have the Chiefs on the hierarchy of AFC teams now? Probably leading the second tier. Um, so so it's, Buffalo, it's Buffalo and then Chiefs are on that tier below. Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's Buffalo and everybody else. Just because I don't really know what – where everybody else is going to stand. I think we're going to see some, some regression from Cincinnati this year. Um, I'm listen, I'm all in on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, but they still have a lot of questions that they need to figure out the Broncos. I'm not sold on them. We'll see what the Browns look like. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of questions. And also to, to the point about Miami, Miami's not making the playoffs. And I hope we kind of understand that. Like the, this, this deal was kind of just to get a, a good player and, you know, get some, get some, some butts in the seats, but there, there's no way that they make the playoffs that that's not happening this year. Based off the talent on their roster or based on everybody else in the AFC Both. being better. I, Both. I think they're, I think it's open for them. I, 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 I are, was, they, are they that much worse than, than new England? Like, I, I don't think so. Like, if, if if you have a competent offense with the playmakers that they have, like, they, they, they're they going to lead the NFL in rushing this year. Like, and it's going to look like sort of – it's going to look like East Coast San Francisco with Mike McDaniel running the show there. They have – they've set up the offense perfectly for Tua where he doesn't have to throw deep, but he's got Waddle in the middle of the field, Tyreek Hill in the Debo Samuel role, and then you brought in Chase Edmonds. You have Miles Gaskin – um, Raheem Mostert, if he's healthy, that's an instant impact in the running game. There's there's some weapons there. Kasiki at the tight end spot. Like I I like Miami. Like I would bet on Miami actually to make the playoffs. So I'm surprised to hear that. I think if you're playing on Madden, yeah, like they're 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 fire. But I was thinking about it yesterday, and I actually I wrote down this list. The, I, the, these are all the teams I would take above Miami. I would take the Bills, the Chiefs, and this is in no order. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. Colts, Ravens, Chargers, Bengals, Raiders, Broncos, Browns. That would leave Miami on the outside looking in. I, I would I would have all those all those teams ahead of Miami. I just I just I just don't I don't see it right now. All right. So so the natural follow-up, Ian, is is do you look at Miami as a playoff team and and who is at the top of the the charts when it comes to evaluating and handicapping the AFC? Uh, no, I don't see Miami as a playoff team. Once again, you can get all the offensive weapons you want, but what's your defense look like? And their, their defense wasn't great last year. But uh, the number one team in the AFC is not the Bills. Uh, the number one team in the AFC is not the Chiefs. Not anyone else. Not the Ravens, I, I, not the Bengals. I know where he's going. Go, go. I, the, number I'm, one, I'm, I'm, the number one team in the AFC is the Indianapolis Colts. There it is. Because they now have the yeah. most underrated quarterback – 
most underrated <laughs> player in NFL history, future Hall of Famer. Stop it. A guy who's been that. beat up by opponent uh, opposing pass rushes his entire career because his management never knew how to draft an offensive line. A guy who will now be playing behind one of the best pass protecting offensive lines in the NFL will have all the time in the world to throw. That is Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. They will be the number one seed in the AFC this year. They will go on to the Super Bowl. Um, somebody, is somebody holding a, a Colts twenty-eight to one ticket? Uh, I can I can get behind that. Uh, they're now at eighteen to one over at Wimbet. Donovan, it sounds like uh, you're, you're not buying in the love on on the Colts. Colts are a good. Hates team. Matt Ryan. I don't I don't hate Matt Ryan. I'm real. Oh, no, you Matt. hate him. I'm I'm real. I'm real. You hate him. This listen. unjustified hate towards my guy. You said he was a Hall of Famer, Ian. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Might there's, not be. Might not be first ballot, but he, he's a Hall of Famer. No, he is not. He's not. There's, there's two guys. There's two guys, especially in this era, that if they get into the Hall of Fame, and look, they're, they're, they're good players. I'm not. I'm not even trying to hate. But if there's, but, but if Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan get into the Hall of Fame, it will be a disgrace on the Hall of Fame, and it, and it will be the ultimate signal that the Hall of Fame is meaningless, and that we are just putting in people who. Who have who have like, I I no I, I don't even know what to say because the uh, Matt Ryan has never been that guy and to and to talk about him as one of the greatest man. quarterbacks of 2017 all time, NFL MVP. What do you mean? He was literally that guy for one year. Cam Newton was an MVP for one year. This what, is a what, fun argument. What what, what, what are we talk What are we talking about, Ian? Like. Like you, you definitely have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Lamar Jackson was an MVP for one year, outside of possibly Deion Sanders, but he was with the team for what a year or two. (laughs) No, listen, he again, and and I told I told you I told you this personally. We can we can give Matt Ryan all the love in Atlanta, Georgia. He can be in the Ring of Honor. They can retire his jersey. Nobody will ever wear number two ever again. But we don't have to go and lie to ourselves and act like he's like one of the greats, like he's one of the elite quarterbacks of all time. Let's let's stop that. We don't have to act that way because it's a fact. We don't have to pretend. No, we're acting. We're acting. That's not that's not true. That's not true. All right. If he wins a Super Bowl in Indy, does he go? No, no, no. Really? Not even with the ring? No, not even. You already won a Super Bowl. Stop! It. It's the it's the same it's the same situation it's the same situation as as Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan only has four Pro Bowls to his name. Who He's cares about been... Pro Bowls, dude? Who cares about Pro do you, Bowls? Do you know how easy it is to get to the Pro Bowl? Ian, Mitch Trubisky, and who cares about Pro Bowls? Exactly, that is my point. Mitchell Trubisky. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was elected to about twelve Pro Bowls, and he and he passed Tr- on eight. Trubisky like, was able give it to, to Mitch Trubisky. I'm too good to go there. Trubisky was able to get to get to a Pro Bowl. They have they have endless replacements every year, and somehow Matt Ryan is still at home and not in Hawaii. He he only has four in his career. He's never been in consecutive years. The twenty sixteen family man. He doesn't need to go to Hawaii. (laughs) The the twenty sixteen season was an outlier. And is he is he a good quarterback? Yes. Is talking about. Ian, you're 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 blinded. You're blinded because the man. Listen, he saved he saved your he saved your franchise. So I understand. Like I'm the same way with with Carmelo Anthony. I don't accept 
Carmelo Anthony slander, right? And so this is just your guy. I get it. Let, bro, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. He's literally I, that guy. I never thought that I would be doing a show where I would hear a comp for Matt Ryan and Carmelo Anthony. Like, my mind is kind of blown a little bit. Like, this is this is uncharted territory for me. However, is- uh, however, unlike, listen, unlike Matt Ryan, Carmelo Anthony um, actually, Car- Carmelo Anthony might be better at basketball than, than I- Matt Ryan is at, at football. That's a ridiculous statement. I don't want to get into this because this is going to go over. This is going to be another five minute argument. Carmelo Anthony stinks. He didn't win a national championship with Syracuse. No one would even talk about it. That that seems a little bit slack. Okay. Okay. Car- Carmelo okay. Anthony stinks at basketball. I, okay. I, we can't. We can't. We can't. Okay. We can't end the. We can't end the All right, show. Ben. What, what's your best bet for today? What's your best, best bet? bet. What's your best bet? Let's let's go. All right, my best bet for the night is we're just talking. Carmelo Anthony sucks at basketball. Like that that should have just been our walk off. Like, all right, we'll see you in a couple weeks. No, he's in college. He's in college. What are you doing in the NBA? Ben, what's your best bet? I'm I'm going under in in Arkansas Gonzaga tonight. I, I granted I want this to be as close as possible. I would love to see a, a good sweat for our guy Ian McMillan. Um, ultimately, Gonzaga is going to win, but I'm focusing on the under here because both of these teams are very sneaky good on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, it's not really sneaky. I just people look at Gonzaga and having the number one adjusted offense in the country and not realizing. Uh, how dominant of a team that they've been on defense as well. They're top nine, like number one in adjusted efficiency on offense, number nine when it comes to to defense. Arkansas is the number 14th ranked adjusted efficiency on defense in the country. Um, and also what Gonzaga does really well, and we've talked about the matchups for this game, number one in all of college basketball at limiting effective field goal percentage. They will not let Arkansas take any good shots inside. And for the record, Arkansas is already a terrible three-point shooting team. They shoot 30.5%. That's 314th in the country. I, I know that the total is high because Gonzaga can score amongst the best of them, but Arkansas can't. They're a good offensive team. They're not a great offensive team, and especially when you can't make three-point shots and you live by everything inside, that's Gonzaga's top strength. So 155 feels very, very high for a game that I expect to maybe get to the, the low 70s. So give me the under in this game. I really like the under for Arkansas Gonzaga. What about for you, Donovan? Who do you like tonight? I like that. I like the Bulls minus one against the Pelicans. Now, they, they got, listen, Chicago got stomped out against Milwaukee the other day. But we've come to, and our, our guy Peter Dewey wrote a story on this yesterday over at Bedsided, how whenever the Bulls play a top team, it's an automatic fade. They just yeah. they're Don't they're not <laughs> they are not in that upper tier of of NBA teams <laughs> that can compete with the top teams at that level. But the Pelicans the, that's right in the warehouse, and so New Orleans is three and seven in their last ten games, and the three wins that they have are against Houston, San Antonio, and Atlanta. Two of those teams aren't in the play are in the playoffs. Atlanta is in the play in. So New Orleans is also a team that just can't get wins against top teams. So Chicago, Chicago has, has more talent. This is a really good bounce back spot for them. And so I think that they get this. I really like that call too. And yeah, I think Owen 16 against the top 
four seeds in the West and the East this year. Just absolutely atrocious for a team that at one point was leading the Eastern Conference. Like that just can't happen. Um, so I, I, I like that call a lot. What about for you, Ian? Uh, I'm looking at uh, Houston against uh, Arizona. Uh, I've talked about this all week. I've a lot invested in Arizona, but I, I'm really concerned about their turnovers. And now I, heading into the tournament, I said that was if there's one way that Arizona's not going to win the national championship, it's going to be because of turnovers. 19 turnovers against Wright State, 16 turnovers against TCU. Uh, maybe they fix that issue with this kind of week off in between uh, around the 32 and the Sweet 16. But if they haven't, uh, they will lose to Houston, who's 20th in the country in opponent turnovers per possession. So um, I hope Arizona wins because, like I said, I have a lot invested in, in their national championship odds. But those turnovers are tough. If they turn the ball over 15 times against Houston, they'll lose by 10. So All right. uh, Houston, money line. All right. So we got uh, we got a couple different angles there. Um, we got uh, team bet sided on, on team Cougs. No, no. Uh, Wait, got... straight, straighten your fingers. You gotta straighten the fingers out. Really? You, you, you're doing you're doing this like like it's a claw. It's not. It's straight it's up. It's a cougar. Cougars don't. Cougars have claws. No, no. It's straight up. I don't. I don't get it. I would think. I would. No think, cougs. I would think it would be the claw. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I might be overthinking it. That's our show, guys. Appreciate all of you guys for for hanging out with us here on a Thursday morning. Uh, we covered a lot of ground from from Razorbacks to uh, Carmelo Anthony apparently sucks at basketball to copying. You know, stop Matt repeating Ryan. that. Stop repeating that. It's, it's not true. Just, it's, it's not it's true. Funny. I, 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 of don't course give it life. Of course it's <laughs> don't not give it true. life. Of course it's I don't not think true. I, I don't think I said he sucks at basketball. To be fair. All I, all, I, all I know is that for the last five minutes, there's Ben right here, there's me, and there's Ian. I have not been looking at Ian for the last five minutes. My eyes have been completely up. For Donovan up top, for Ian He was down great below. at Syracuse. Great Syracuse player. Let him do a national championship. Let, let's, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out. May all of your best bets hit here on Bet and Breakfast. We will talk to you again very, very soon. Until then, so long. Be good, everybody.